Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his home. Filed Coast life is always more difficult when there's no GNT about. Welcome to Charlton Live. So, good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live. Coming to you live here from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes and joining me in the studio here in SC7 as we get ready to look back at yesterday's 1 uh, 0 defeat up at Fleetwood Town. Ah, oh, starting off with uh, Nathan Muller. How you doing, Nath? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Yeah, you, yeah, you had a good, good, good weekend? Yeah, buzzing. Buzzing, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm trying to stay positive, mate. Yeah, all right. I'm trying my hardest. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. There's no, there's no room for that in this, in this studio, thanks, Nathan. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, joining the pair of us uh, is, uh, as you can hear, chuckling away there is Lewis Cat. How you doing, Lewis? Oh, marvellous, mate. Yeah. Marvellous. Did you uh, had a good weekend as well? Yeah, it was all right. I mean, I, I didn't go to Fleetwood, so... Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> that's, that's the best way to go about it, really. It's just, if you yeah. just avoid the football, then you'll probably more enjoy your weekend than those of us who did go up there. And it was a long journey home after a 1 0 defeat. Chad Evans' goal sort of midway through that second half. Uh, got the three points for Joey Barton's side, uh, compounded, of course, by the sending off of Patrick Bauer uh, late on. 
Disappointing day all round for the Addicts. Obviously, uh, Carl and Grant no longer with us. Lyle Taylor's still suspended. We looked a little bit toothless up front, which was a real shame. Uh, on tonight's show, we will hear the uh, brief highlights of yesterday's game. We'll speak to, of course, the Addicts boss, Lee Bayer. His full post-match uh, interview after the game yesterday. We'll, we'll hear that. Uh, we're also going to hear from new signing Josh Parker. Um, he obviously signed on transfer deadline day and that is one of the topics we're going to be talking about tonight is our January transfer window business all together on Thursday night's uh, podcast or when it was a live show. It's quite exciting actually because we were just waiting. For, <laughs> if we were, only we knew. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were waiting for someone to, to turn up and sign for us but obviously that never materialised uh, but during the show it's quite exciting. We had Richard Cawley from the South London Press on the phone uh, uh, a couple of names were being bandied about. None of them signed. Josh Parker wasn't being... Uh, his name wasn't being mentioned, but he did sign. Uh, so we'll hear from him. So basically, I'm going to be... I think we're going to be talking about this a lot in the in the show this evening. Uh, probably brush the, uh, the the actual game under the carpet as soon as possible. You know, we're going to, we're going to analyse our January transfer window business. You know, I want to know... I, I've asked questions on Twitter throughout the last couple of days. I want to know um, if people think that after January, we're now more likely or less likely, or is it the same... Uh, to get promoted this season, obviously with the players that have come in and out, Carl and Grant going out, the main one, uh, Josh Parker coming in, the likes of Johnny Williams have come in as well, uh, Ben Perrington and the goalkeeper as well. So let us know how you feel. Are, are, you know, overall, are we improved? Are we the same? Uh, and if you want to, I mean, I sent the tweet out on Thursday night as soon as the window slammed shut, asking for people to rate our January transfer business out of 10 as well. So if you want to get involved with that, there's many ways you can do and you can use this to have your say on the performance yesterday as well. You can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there for tonight's show. Have your say. Let us know how you're feeling about the situation situation here at the Valley at the moment after the January transfer window. Now, before we hear the highlights, Nathan, um, it, like I said at the top, it was always going to be difficult without Carlin. Obviously, he's gone now without Lyle Taylor. He's still got another game of his suspension. He's going to miss next weekend against Southend as well. Um, a lot of pressure on young Rico Hackett Fairchild's shoulders to try and lead the line on his own until, until Parker came on sort of uh, 10 minutes into the second half and we switched it up to a two up top. Uh, and so it really it, it can't be much of a surprise to anyone that we looked pretty blunt up front yesterday. Yeah, I think as soon as the the, the uh, team sheet came out, um, I sort of had a not sinking feeling. So it's not film Rico, but there there was there was inevitability that we weren't going to be scoring twos, threes, and fours. But um, and that's no disrespect to Rico. Um, obviously, there's a player in there. I just don't think now is right for him. Um, yeah, we were, it was going to be difficult, but we've just said before now, I mean, the last time we scored in open play was Walsall, really, and that was New, New Year's, Year's Day, Day yeah, which so. is a long time um, for a team trying to get into the, t- well, not no longer the top two, but that, you know, did have aspirations for that. And it was well, hard. A and Live exclusive. <laughs> top two is now off the table, yeah, according I'll, to Nathan Yeah, I think it's very, very far-fetched, but um, yeah, you're expecting then, you know, the midfielders to come up with some goals and... Unfortunately, didn't, um, and then we were dealt a blow with obviously Chad Evans. Yeah, and obviously for a well, the, the irony being that Chad Evans, if he had signed for Bolton on transfer deadline day, which was in in motion at one point, so he's on loan, he's on loan at Fleetwood from Sheffield uh, United. They were gonna at first they were gonna actually sell him to Sunderland for whatever reason that fell through, and then all of a sudden Bolton wanted to try and take him. On loan instead, and uh, the player wanted to go. Chad Evans signed whatever the paperwork is, but because there were, there's a 24-hour recall clause that um, 
Sheffield United had to activate. They didn't activate it. So it was up to the player, uh, Fleetwood Town and uh, Bolton as well to, to get it all signed. And uh, Fleetwood Town refused to sign it. The player wanted to go, ironically, but um, uh, because that never happened, he was still there. And also, we never got Erin Otzuma now. We're hearing that's what, what would have happened. We heard a couple of things yesterday, and that's that, that's what probably would have happened, is we would have got Erin Otzuma. So because... I mean, he's really ruined our weekend, that Jed Evans, hasn't he, <laughs> by, by not moving to Bolton. Um, Lewis, the other thing is, of course, I mean, I tweeted at half-time, probably tempting fate a little bit, so we hadn't conceded a goal in, I think it was 403 minutes of football or something I worked out, because the last goal we had conceded was in the second minute against um, Sunderland, then we went almost four and a half games without conceding. So to concede the goal that we did, where Jed Evans completely unmarked eight yards out of goal, it's very, very, not very like us at all, really, at the moment. No, it was uncharacteristic. Uh, from a defence that's impressed over over recent weeks. Uh, even in that Sunderland game, we conceded early. After that, we sort of soaked up the pressure in the first half and then kicked on. But every other game, the, the defence has been so solid. Naby's been a revelation since he's come in for PSE. Um, and just, yeah, uncharacteristic from the guys yesterday. Uh, Chet Evans finds himself unmarked and he, he puts Fleetwood one up. And, you know, we're already up against it then anyway, as we've discussed with the striker shortage and, and everything. So... Yeah, just a, a bit of a bad day at the office yesterday, wasn't it? Mm, excellent. Well, it was a bad day at the office. Let's relive it, shall we? Uh, the <laughs> highlights of yesterday's game on Valley Pass come to you with uh, Greg Stubbley and first Terry Smith. Ben Reeves uh, said uh, in uh, his post last week that he wanted more goals in his game at the moment. Billick is the next one to join him over the ball, but it's Reeves who takes a shot. Oh, he's taking a deflection off that man, Sutra, I think, and away for a corner. Yeah, if that's not a six-foot-seven defender, that's goal-bound. That's not a bad effort from Ben Reeves. Cullen to swing it in. In it comes into the danger area. The keeper flaps Ooh. it in and gets a hand on it, I think. Must have done. Oh, no, he must have... Ooh. No complaints from no Charlton, complaints. so the goalkeeper must have just totally missed it. Is it me or did he look like he palmed that away? I thought he got something on it, but no, there's no Charlton no complaints, complaints whatsoever, no. so perhaps not. Again, Cullen comes across to this Charlton left-hand side to take it. Corner comes in, it's a low one, it's a, a right to Reeves on the edge of the box, oh. and he completely disguises it, his effort, and then Balks. What a chance. Sutar and uh, Sutar's attempt to run the ball out. Either took his eye off his ball or he looked up and the sun hit him straight in the eyes. I don't know which, but uh, complete air shot. Well, it's a well-worked corner, which should have resulted in at least a, a shot on target from Ben Rees, or even a shot in the end. And he just totally misjudged it. I think he was so focused on getting on target that he just forgot about actually connecting with the ball. With the flick on from the throw, and he goes for the return, Jed Evans, and he's got it. Naby Sar comes over, but there's a ball in the box. Flicked inside, and Solly with the clearance away. This could be wait for a corner. No, that's good work from Naby Sar to keep it from going out for a corner, but it's a throw right by the corner flag to Fleetwood, their first real foray into Charlton Territory. And as far as Billick, right-hand corner of the penalty area, gives it Four to plays. Cullen, who's uh, edge of the box. Cullen drills it in. Oh, Bowers there, but he can't find oh. the finishing touch. And it's out now to Williams, who knocks it in. Oh. The keeper saves. Lapsley trying to pick it up and send it back out to Williams. Left-hand edge of the penalty area. Ball into the box, headed clear. It'll drop to Billick, who another air shot from a yellow shirt. Drops to Cullen to possibly have a go this time. Instead, knocks it left. Oh, he's uh, overcooked that and Williams can't get hold of it. But oh, uh, Charlton coming really close to opening the score in now. I think they should have done as well, Taylor. It's a great ball in from Josh Cullen. I think it was Patrick Bauer at the back post, was, wasn't yeah. it? Any sort of 
meaningful contact. It's 1-0 Charlton. Nunez just hit him and Fleetwood were able to scramble. It came to Williams, a good strike, and the keeper was able to, to regather himself and just parry it behind, but that's the best chance of the game so far. Wallace spawns the box towards Evans as well, cut out Billick. by Bauer. Uh, Billick, should I say. And Burns with a little bit of a wayward header, sends Wallace further back, but he's able to control. Looks at the ball in the box again. Madden with a header near post is harmlessly over in the end. We were about to take this throw. They're taking their time with it. And the ball boys not throwing the ball back, which is uh, getting complaints from Lee Bowyer. Just want to worry about that ball boy to Charlton. <laughs> and there's the half-time whistle. There's Charlton with five in the wall. Chet Evans steps up. Goes for goal, and it's parried Sorry. by Dylan Phillips. And the re rebound is well defended by George Lapsey at the back post, putting pressure Ball on Paddy net. Madden. Reese looking for a bit of movement, gets from Hackett Fairchild. Hackett Fairchild gets onto his left foot, thinks about a shot, well, and that's a wayward effort. Well, I don't mind that, though. He, uh, he just couldn't uh, curl it towards the to the goal. Instead, it drifted away. I think he went for power in the yeah. end, which probably let him down. Is it away long forward towards Madden. Madden with a push on Sarr, surely, but it comes to a shot from... Nadison and how the referee's not spotted out, I don't know. It's a clear push on Abby Sai, it looked like, and it just allowed Nadison a clear run on goal. And luckily for Charlton, he just got it all horribly wrong and out of play for a goal kick. Back inside to Bielik. Oh, that's a poor ball forward. And it's a glorious chance. It's to Evans. Evans still with the ball. Evans, oh, great save from Dylan Phillips, who rolls it out. But that was a glorious chance for Fleetwood of Charlton's own doing. Just about keeps it in chest control cuts back inside and has to go backwards to Nabisar and that's pretty much where we've been let down although there's a big switch now from Nabisar read by husband he finds uh, substitute Hunter Hunter big switch looking for the run of Madden who's in the area headed back across to Evans Evans finishes 1-0 far too simple oh I'd forgotten about that Jesus that's a terrible goal from a child perspective for Terry. They've not been good enough, the Addicts, at all. Hunter, the substitute, with a lovely chip ball towards the far post. Madden just peeled into the space between Perrins and Asar, and there's no one tracking Chet Evans. The header back across by Madden was delightful, and Evans just basically has an open goal. He just needs to keep it on target. But this is almost a wake-up call for Charlton because they've been awful. They really haven't. Williams down to Billick. Billick into Reeves in space. Reeves sets Parker on his one. He's beaten the offside trap, Parker. He's into the penalty area. Parker left foot across, Rico Gavacho oh. can't get there with the slide. Inches away from Charlton equalising. That's the first chance Charlton have really had this second half. Wallace gets a header away, so, uh, Solly with the header back in. Better Kelly can't get there. And it's hoofed away by Hunter. And it's a foot race here and Dylan Phillips is out again. Oh, no, what's that from Dylan Phillips? He's headed it into the path of Chet Evans, who can't miss. Can't miss and does. Wow. Free kick comes for a bow underneath that. Oh, it heads it straight up in the air. Needs to be better there. Free header as well. Bellick uh, gets something on it, but it'll drop to a red shirt. And Chet Evans now try and take on Bow. That's a good tackle. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> Thought it was a good tackle from Bow. Not going to the referee. It's a free kick. And we're about. Uh... Oh, he's off. He's giving him a second yellow for that tackle. What is that? Why is that a second yellow? And Charlton's day just goes from <laughs> bad to worse. Chet Evans, the goal scorer, turning Patrick Bauer. Bauer putting him down. The referee deems it to be cynical enough to give him another yellow card. And Charlton now with down to 10 men and without their big German centre half. Pursued by uh, Cullen, who does really well. And the referee has added all of 20 seconds <laughs> uh -huh. to the uh, added time, which uh, I said he wouldn't, didn't I? But 
It's uh, papering over the cracks, really. Welcome back. That's uh, the highlights of uh, yesterday's defeat up at Fleetwood Town. Um, I, d I never normally, I, I never normally enjoy us conceding a goal, and yesterday was no different. But at least I got some funny music to cheer us up <laughs> straight after. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, one 0 defeat at Fleetwood. Uh, we heard Patrick Bauer being sent off late on. Uh, as well, and uh, it, was, it was just flat, and there was always that danger going into the game, Lewis, because, I mean, if you think back to two weeks ago when we scored that, that winning penalty against Accrington Stanley here at the Valley, Carlin Grant, of course, it was who, who got that penalty, and you think about how everyone was so happy and talking about the team fighting together and we'll be fine without Lyle Taylor because we still got Carlin and... Everything seemed to be falling into place and the fans running on the pitch to celebrate. Everyone was just one. And then you fast forward two weeks later and I feel like uh, I feel just deflated over what's happened over the last couple of weeks. Yeah, I think the start of the lull was sort of when uh, that penalty went up at Peterborough when we obviously you, you knew about Carlin's future then. And I think that that was a bit of a flat day all in all as well. And it's, it seems to have carried over and obviously it's well documented what everybody thinks of our transfer deadline day as well that's put a bit of a dampener on the mood around the place and yesterday was no different obviously missing our now top scorer after losing Carlin who's not just influential in terms of his goals but his all-round play um, so we're obviously missing him at the moment and uh, well we, we need him back don't we but we've got another week yet so it's going to be interesting but it just didn't get going yesterday, by the sounds of it. I mean, I wasn't there, thankfully. I'm, yeah. Unfortunately for you, you had to go and witness the Captain Pugwash <laughs> yeah. stuff. But uh, yeah, just, yeah, not good. Not yeah, good. It's one of those unusual games where not too many people actually went up there. So not a lot of you were uh, subjected to it, unfortunately. I mean, I, I mean you know, we, we, we won't get carried away. I mean, I, I think the opening half an hour, I think we showed some signs. You know, we, we had the, the one good chance, which we heard there, where the ball came across the face of goal. And I think it was Purrington at the... The back post who was unable to, to turn it over the line. Then it came back to Johnny Williams and uh, Alex Cairns in the Fleetwood goal made a good save. And that was the, probably the best chance of the first half for either side. Um, but I, I think, you know, particularly in that second half, even though we, we even after we changed formation, we, ne we never really got going. And it, it felt like one of those days where, I mean, if, if you think that all of us were probably going into that game thinking, you know, we're really going to struggle without... Grant and Taylor now for, for, for today and even though Rico was there to try and make his debut he's extremely inexperienced and you just wonder if that almost rubbed off on the team and they've gone in with almost the same mindset that we have it's like oh god we're missing our, our two best players at the moment yeah, I both said in his um, post-match, he looked a bit flat and I think that what you said there is exactly right no disrespect to Rico but I said when, about ten times already yeah but <laughs> like, and I hope you don't listen <laughs> but I just think you know He's obviously going to try his hardest, but when you're looking at, and you haven't got your talisman, your focal point in Taylor or Grant, um, you probably you are probably are a little reluctant to go and try and play the way that we're used to playing because he doesn't have the same attributes as Taylor, um, and it must it must be hard for Rico because, like you say, it's his first try, time coming in. He's going against big, bustly centre halves and. He obviously came in to do a job, and it just wasn't his day. But it doesn't make it doesn't make it any easier. And it was just this season. There's been games where we've we've not played well, but we've we've won a game and we've nicked a goal. Um, but yesterday, I just the longer and longer it went on, I just couldn't see who was going to score that goal, like a Taylor would in the last minute or something. And it's and that's what really sort of worried me yesterday. Yeah, London Indigies are tweeting in saying, "Carlin, who don't mention his name, Charlton Life. <laughs> he only uh, got me one point yesterday on fantasy as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'll put him in as just as, just as a 
I'll take yeah, a photo. That's a sad thing. I think as, as the season progresses, I'm going to mention his name every every game, and I'm going to get more and more tearful <laughs> as, uh, <laughs> as we struggle to replace him. Um, you mentioned uh, obviously we we did replace Carlin in a way with with Josh Parker. I mean, you could argue he came in to replace maybe Billy Clark as well, but he came on for his debut. wasn't wasn't starting yesterday. That that was a little bit interesting. I, I wasn't sure because he has played for Gillingham. It's not like he's completely out of match practice this season. So I, I was wondering in the build up whether he would go with with two up top with with uh, I was going to say Carlin. That would be wrong. With um, <laughs> London in the geese has got in my head now. <laughs> uh, with um. With, with, with Parker and with Rico, um, but he went he went for the four three two one with uh, with Rico up top on his own. But Parker did you know he decided to switch it to the diamond. I think it was ten minutes into the second half that Parker came on. Um, I mean, I know you are watching on on iFollow, Nath. I mean, what, what, what did you make of his debut? And, and anyone who was there as well, let us know what you made of his debut. I mean, he had that one effort that sort of went across the face of goal that almost got touched in at the far post by Hackett Fairchild. Yeah, I mean, there was a there was a couple of points, uh, there was a couple of passages of play which he'd done all right with. But for me, I don't see him as a replacement for Carlin. I see him as a backup for Lyle Taylor. I just think he's very physical. Um, he's hold up play be well, but I can't see him doing what Carlin did. And I know it's going to be hard to replace Carlin. Um, but even with Igor now, it's like we've got three similar strikers for me. And um, But listen, in the famous words of Bose, it is what it is and that's what we've got to deal with. But he looked okay. I don't want to be... No offence to George No disrespect to George Parker. But I know, for me, he's not a top six, top two striker for me. No. Um, but listen, that's harsh over what I've seen when he when he's played here the odd time and what what was it half an hour or so. So I'm not going to pass judgment. I'm going to give him some time, but I just still think I'm very disappointed from the transfer window, and I just don't want to take it out on him. <laughs> it's not his fault. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, the, uh, the other team news, obviously, apart from Rico, was was Prattley being taken out for George Lapps. You could see George back in the team. Were you surprised by that, though? Because Prattley's done all right the last couple of games. Yeah, I was a bit surprised, actually. And I thought, especially away from home, that Prattley's got that physical presence about him uh, and just a bit of um, a bit of leadership quality as well in the middle and with such a young side. Um, but again, I think also George Lapsley has got the ability to be you know, a bit of a pit bull, isn't he? He's always running. He's got loads of energy. Um, it's like Duracell battery, isn't he? He's just yeah. all over the place. But... I think I was a bit shocked that Prattley went out because I think the last couple of games he's really, really made a name for mm. himself in that in that team and he's he's performed really well. Um, but you know, George is one of our own, isn't he? So it's nice to see him getting a start in place. Yeah. So in that opening sort of twenty minutes or so, I, I felt we started slightly the better, perhaps. Um, we we saw that free kick from Reeves that went just over, uh, well hit hit the wall and went over the bar. And like I say, we had that we had that really good chance. There was another one which I think I put into the highlights, an air shot from Reeves. I mean. The sun yesterday was unbelievable. Like I, I genuinely think I might have come back from Fleetwood with a tan there because the sun was so low and so bright into our eyes. And I genuinely think that affected a couple of the players because we saw an air shot from Paddy Madden at the other end as well. But um, you know, Josh Cullen had pulled a, a free kick, a corner kick, sorry, back to the edge of the box. And Reeves was, was completely unmarked on the edge of the area, went to swing at it with his left foot and just completely missed the ball. So I do wonder if the sun was uh, sort of playing a, a, a part in that. And like I say, Paddy, Paddy Madden did the same down the other end but then like I so said we, we had that big chance that we were just unable to bundle it home at the far post and then we just started then we just started to get into this little rhythm of where it wasn't really coming off for us and I'd say after the first yeah maybe the first 25 minutes after that it was just a little bit of struggling I, I do just think that you know 
if you think about the midfield that's been trying to work hard and create chances in that first 25 minutes, if all of a sudden they're looking up and they're, they're, they're not really seeing the option that they want, I guess they're going to start to try and play a bit more safe and just try and walk their way through. And it just, it just really wasn't happening for us at all right now. Just one, the lack of a focal point yesterday was always going to be a, something that held us back. Yeah, I think so. I think when you lose your rhythm as well and um, when you haven't got a focal point, I'm not saying well, obviously don't go long to Lyle all the time or anything, but everyone knows his movements. He knows where you know where he's if he's going to go in the channels or if he's going to come short. Um, they'll know that Carl and are going behind if they got that option there. Whereas we had Rico, um, we still don't know whether he's you know is his hold up play well. <laughs> Um, can he, you know, is his touch really good or will he go over the top? And like you say, I think when when players are unsure um, of, you know, of a player's characteristics because they haven't played with him week in, week out, they're sort of sometimes scratching heads a little bit, wondering how they're going to get through. And I think Fleetwood, it got to, it's quite a bitty game towards in the second half. It was, I don't know, it seemed a bit disjointed. And um, the longer it went on, yeah, we just didn't look like we had any sort of, Invention in that midfield, which is very unlike us. If you look at the players we've got, you know, with Reeves, Reeves and Williams and Cullen, you wouldn't think that, but um, it was an off day for him for sure. Mm. Was, they were quite physical in that first yeah. half as well, Fleetwood Town. I don't know if they did that just to get in and amongst us. Um, I, I tweeted before the game actually that John Coleman, the Oakington Stanley manager, was sat behind me because uh, uh, their, their game at home to Blackpool was off. So him and uh, Terry McPhillips, the Blackpool manager, were both sat behind us. So in fairness, I Terry McPhillips, I didn't know he was there. He could have sat on my lap and I would have recognised him. But John Coleman uh, was there. And I, I was thinking he must be loving this, all these horrible challenges uh, going in in the first half. Um, start like As soon as the second half started, we we never we never got going whatsoever. And that, and that is quite worrying. I just, you, you know, if you think about the rest of the season, uh, the problem with obviously doing a show every week after a game is we, we analyse each game as it comes. And we look, we're, we're talking after yesterday's game and feeling very down. And hopefully that... This is going to just be a one-off. But I guess because of the timing of it with what happened in the transfer window and losing our best player and still being without Lyle Taylor, people have all of a sudden a little bit worried perhaps about what could happen. But we shouldn't really get carried away with just one performance just yet. No, I mean, there are, there's a lot of football to be played between now and May. But you obviously can't help but feel um, negative after you know what went on on Thursday and, and how, it's, how it ended up. And, you know, we've let three senior strikers go if you include Billy Clark as a striker and we've brought in somebody that we didn't even assume was on the list of people that were what that were you know on Bowyer's targets and he's come in he's not even an actual striker and I think people are you know I don't like Nave said I don't want to judge Josh Parker early on but he's it is quite disappointing and I think he's he's got a really tough job now to try and not not win the fans over but he's got to perform early on because I think He's in a bit of a position where people can get on his back quite quickly, and it's going to be interesting to see how that how that develops over the next couple of weeks. I mean, mm. there's a big game next Saturday against Southend. He might he might get a starting place. You know, if the what you know recap top on his own isn't working, then maybe he'll he'll give Josh Parker a start next week. He might have a fantastic game, and we'll be thinking, oh, we're not as bad off as as we first thought. But the natural timing of yesterday's defeat, alongside the disappointing January transfer window. Was always sort of you know it's it's a recipe for a bit of a bit of a disaster, but fingers crossed we can bounce back. Yeah, we're going to hear from Josh Parker later on in the show. Actually, um, hear what he he makes of his arrival uh, at the Valley. He's not as down on it as as you two are. Actually, he was quite happy to be here. But, <laughs> but um, Dylan Phillips made two good save. Well, made a big save. I think Fleetwood had two good chances uh, not too long before they scored. Actually, Naderson uh, was sort of through one and one. I think. 
argument of a foul on, on Navi, but as he went through, um, he just completely sliced his left-footed volley effort. And then there was another one where Chad Evans, uh, sort of uh, capitalising on a mistake in the Charlton midfield, was bundling through on goal, walked all the way, all the way through the defence, uh, and Dylan came out well to make a big smothering save. And I think if he hadn't made the boo-boo that he made uh, later on after after the goal, then people would be coming out saying he actually had a really good game. But I think just the boo-boo, uh, he came out to a long ball over the top where he tried to head it to a Charlton player, uh, got it all wrong and just gifted it to Chad Evans, who somehow missed an open goal from about 35 yards. That just sort of took the edge off his performance. But other than that, he was doing quite well, Dylan. Uh, chance of Charlton number one behind the goal uh, were coming quite often. Now, the goal itself, long ball uh, forward from Ashley Hunt, and Madden knocks it down, and Chad Evans can't really miss from there. Now, you know, for, for a defence that had had a couple of shaky moments in the moments before, I mean, you just don't expect to see them switch off like that because, like I say, we've gone so long without conceding the goal. And uh, it just adds insult to injury that is a player that... If he if he if he wasn't there, which he almost wouldn't have been, we would have added another player as well. It's just ironically ironic how those things work out sometimes. Yeah, it is. But it was um, it was a good goal for, with with a team who played two strikers. Something we didn't have, but no, it was a good finish. But yeah, it's very uncharacteristic of um, of us that we switched off. Um, even you know sometimes I think we miss Pierce a lot, but Naby and Naby's been brilliant since he's come in, played regularly and. Yeah, it was disappointing um, yesterday. They'll be disappointed to give a goal away in in that sort of that sort of game. And I think because we didn't really have a lot of options up front, that first goal was going to be key. And unfortunately for us, it went to um, the guy who ruined my Thursday. That it turns out so um, in Ched Evans, but mm-hmm. I won't hold it against him forever. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fair enough. Um, <laughs> after the goal, uh, Fosu and Betakele both came on for Reeves and for Hackett Fairchild. Um, but I'm, I'm just go, going through my tweets now I, I can't see an actual chance we had other than that Josh Parker one like I said that was nearly touched home he sort of got the ball on the, the left hand side of the area drove it across the face of goal with his Hackett Fairchild before he went off was at the far post was unable to bundle it home and, and really that was it I mean for all the couple of long shots we had from, from Tariq Fosu nothing nothing came of it uh, Naby Sar actually sent a couple of long throws over as well which was threatening to do a couple of weeks ago here at the Valley but obviously never did um, and it was that was it. No, nothing came from it until you know the the last bit of excitement was the red car for Patrick Bauer. Now you know pro- probably a fair decision. You'll hear from Bayer in a minute, but was, uh, he was joking. It was the same referee that we had when we played Blackpool away. So obviously uh, quite enjoys that little corner of the world. <laughs> this referee Tony Harrington, I think he was called, uh, who in that game failed to give Curtis Till a second yellow card for taking out Lyle Taylor in the first half. And so that could have been a very different story. But um, he actually this time did his job and, and sent off Patrick Bauer, pro- probably fairly in, in our opinion. Yeah, it's, it was a clumsy challenge by Pat, especially when he's already on a yellow. I think it was it was sort of written that that was always going to happen. If you, if you stick a leg out like that, it's a little bit clumsy. But I mean, now obviously that's another body that we're missing. Mm. Bilic will have to obviously go in as a like-for-like swap and um, Cullen maybe at the base of the diamond or maybe we'll stick Prattley there, I don't know. But hopefully, hopefully Josh Cullen, but... Um, yeah, it's obviously it's another it's another big name to lose. I mean, Pat Bowers mm. played a lot of minutes this year for us, and he's he's impressed. So he, any any loss of a player of his stature is is damaging. So we'll have to see how we get on. Yeah, yeah. Last thing we needed, really. Obviously, it's only a one game ban, so not the end of the world. But with our smallish squad in in certain places there, uh, but like I so said, we probably have got Christian Billick as a ready made replacement to drop into that defence. So the final whistle goes. It's our first defeat in six, which. 
possibly again you might forget because of the feelings around the, the transfer window and what happened. Um, so you put that into context. We've fallen away a bit further from the top two now. Um, I mean that that is going to. I mean, Bose again says we're going to run out of games if we don't start putting a, a real run together again of wins. Um, we've still got that cushion to the the, the teams in seventh. We've still got. Uh, I think it's a seven point gap at the moment. There are games in hand below below us, which we've got to be careful of. Um, but there is a little cushion now to keep us within the playoffs. Yeah, Doncaster and Blackpool both have two games in hand on us. So give it another month, and it could be quite tight if we if we don't start picking up results again. Yeah, of course. Um, I think obviously in a month's time we've got Donny and uh, Portsmouth. So these next few games we need to get the wins on the board. And yeah, I'm not going to get too down from losing one game, but it's just disheartening to see, you know, Luton doing very well and pulling away from the pack. Uh, yeah, you know, Barnsley and Sunderland have got games in hand. But yeah, we've got a lot of football to be played, but we need to start winning games if if we're ever going to, even to cement the playoffs, because... Anything can happen. We, if we lose to Donny and they win their game in hand, it all changes. Hmm. Um, well, they've got so, two games in hand. Exactly. So it's going to be... It can, it can, we can either do it two ways. We can either make it easy for ourselves and win as many games and we'll be cer- certain playoff um, contenders or we're going to leave it till the last day or last few games and it's going to be hairy and I think it'll probably be the second. Excellent. Which is what we'll always do. Well, well I'll make it exciting for the end of the season, <laughs> exactly. won't it? Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to it already now. Thanks for that. Right, <laughs> let's have a, a listen to what Lee Bayer had to say after yesterday's game. I caught up with the Addicts boss, and he had absolutely no complaints that his team came home from the Fylde Coast empty-handed. Um, we got what we deserved, and, and that's nothing. Believe, disappointed, obviously. But with no points, we didn't deserve it, and I think we didn't deserve to win the game. We, we, we carried too many people today. Um, that's, that's what I've just told them, and, and that's the truth. We, we didn't look good defensively. We didn't look good attacking. Like eh, everything that's been good this season is just weren't there today I don't know I can't put my finger on it I don't know it's, it's so frustrating because there's it's three points dropped and before we know it it's going to be in single figure left of games and we can't afford to be dropping points like that you know um, so we have to dust ourselves off Work hard next week in training and, and make sure it doesn't happen again. But I'm disappointed because I don't see that very often from him, you know. And, um, so I'm not going to go mad. I, I didn't go mad because I, I know it hurts them as much as it hurts me. So um, it just disappoints me, you know. It's always likely to be a struggle with Lyle Taylor still out and with Carlin gone now as, as well. Your two top goalscorers taken out of the team. No, I know, but, but even defensively we didn't look good. I don't know why we kept dropping deep, like two centre-halves are marking one, one striker. Like One of you go and mark him, don't, keeps turning and having all the freedom. And, 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 and he scored from, like what, six, seven yards out with no one near him. That doesn't make sense to me. So, I don't know. It was just bad. Well, from from start to finish, really, and 
and it's not like us, you know. Like I said, it's, we've been good of late. What well, all season, I think we've been good. We've chucked the odd bad one in, but this is one of them bad ones that you just we're just going to have to think, just move on as quick as possible, and, uh, and we will. We will. We've got two home games now coming up, and um, we have to win them both. The defence that hadn't conceded too many goals, uh, I think four and a half games are, are made out, but now they're going to have to do as well without Patrick Bauer for one game following his late red card. Yeah, yeah, second yellow one, thought it was soft. Uh, it's, it's funny, the um, the ref, I said to him after, like, maybe you could have let that one go because of what happened up in Blackpool. <laughs> but he said two wrongs don't make a right, and I agree. It was, it was the second yellow, he pulled him back, got roll, pulled him back. So, um, yeah, the second yellow card. And you're able to take a look at your new signing, Josh Parker, today, as well as uh, Rico Hackett-Fairchild getting his first league start for the club. What did you make of the two of those? Um, I thought Josh done OK when he came on, worked hard. Um, I, I felt sorry for him, just didn't get enough quality balls into him in the final third so uh, Rico for me it's, it's a learning day for him because um, it was tough it was tough for him and I think he found it difficult and with the, the players who are out as well like Lyle Taylor it's good to see Igor Vettikele finally be able to, to come back and try and make an impact from the bench yeah, yeah it's good to see him back but he's, we're going to have to work hard with him there I'm gonna to have to work. Well, he's got. He's got to get fit as quick as possible because <laughs> um, we don't have many options now. So uh, the, the quicker we can get him fit, then uh, the better for everybody. Obviously, now that the transfer window is closed, you know what you've got to deal with for the rest of the season. What you've got to work with, I guess. So in a way, it's sort of make it a bit clearer what's, what's got to happen between now and the end of the season. Yeah, I know what we have to do. We have to win games, and uh, to win games you need to keep clean sheets and, and score goals. And um, we'll keep working at that all week. And um, with our fans, obviously back home next Saturday, then things will be different next week. I'm sure. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.
Lyle Taylor has the glorious chance on his Addicts debut. Gives Charlton the lead. The referee blows the whistle. Taylor steps up. Lyle Taylor. Yes! Charlton! Charlton take the lead after nine minutes. Lyle Taylor on his Charlton debut. Gives the away side an unlikely lead. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Uh, looking back at yesterday's defeat of Fleetwood, we just heard there from the Addicts boss, Lee Bayer, caught up with him uh, on the side of the pitch at Highbury Stadium after yesterday's game. And he, uh, he just sounded a bit downbeat, really. He was um, I don't think he was expecting that performance from his side. You know, even with players missing, as we were saying, um, you know, back to front, he felt they weren't up to the levels that he's been used to over the last few weeks of this. No, and just, yeah, I think he sounds as frustrated as we all are. Um, whether he's just a little bit frustrated about Thursday as well, I think you can hear in his voice he's not very happy. But yeah, just flat yesterday, and I think he, he opened it with we got what we deserved, and that was nothing, and that sums it up. Um, yeah, it's, it's just, it's very disappointing, but I don't want to get too downbeat about it. I want to try and build up the uh, positivity for next Saturday, but. It's hard, isn't it? Sometimes <laughs> when, it's, when you've uh, when you've got rid of four players and brought in one. Well, uh, that's not that's not quite right. We did bring in Johnny Williams, obviously. We uh, brought yeah, in, yeah, but, yeah. We're getting carried away with. with a, we need to look at the transfer window as a whole rather than just the last day, which I think was a disappointing day. Um, and yeah, lose. I mean, we're going to talk about it a lot more later on, so we'll do so. Um, he was joking, like I say, about the referee not not um, sending off the player. Interesting what he said about Rico Hackett Fairchild because. You know, as fans as well, we try we try and big him up, and, and no disrespect to him, Nathan, but he uh, he did struggle yesterday. There was there were times where his his first touch wasn't quite on, and that's often that's often going to be the case with a, a player who is so young, and it is his first start. You know, you you can't just uh, throw him under the bus just yet because he had a bad game on his debut away from home in difficult circumstances. Yeah, um, and I think. It will go for me. I have a, I have an opinion on under twenty three football anyway, but that's for another day. But I think when you go, when I think you have a really controversial opinion on what you think. You think it should be banned? No, I just <laughs> think I just think you should. They should be playing men's football, like reserve, like you used oh, to do right, in the like old days. Yeah, because yeah. for this reason, because you look at Rico, he could go and bang in twenty, like like Carlin used to used to bang him in the, in the younger levels. But when you come up against men, they're two different ball games. And for me, he's not ready yet. As and like, like Carlin was, Carlin was in the same position. We loaned him out. He learnt the trade. He's come back a better player, and that's all I think it should be. And I, but I can't blame Bose for putting Rico in because he didn't have Parker had what one day's training with the lads, yeah, with, with the lads. So I can't really fault you know Rico or or Bowyer. That's the hand he was dealt dealt with, unfortunately. But listen, I uh, hopefully Rico can just get some games and maybe we'll use it as a learning experience but you're playing up against two big busty centre halves you, you know the winners but I don't know what busty busty <laughs> busty rather <Yeah. laughs> nice busty, busty men <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you know so yeah I think we'll learn chips. but <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, oh, mate, I've dropped myself in it again. Oh, oh clipping that out. <laughs> right, that's making the end of season compilation. <laughs> Excellent. Right, on tonight's show, uh, later on we are going to hear from Josh Parker, don't forget. We've got plenty to talk about. We're going to chat about the game uh, with yourselves as well. Plenty of you have got involved. Uh, if you want to do so, you can email us, studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us uh, at Charlton Live. You can head over to the Charlton Live forum 
and uh, have your say on there. If you want to send Nathan any photos of any busty footballers, um, <laughs> please uh, please do that to his own account. Not I've to got you. loads of Hesky ones already, so anyone <laughs> yeah. but Hesky. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, none of that in our account, please. Right, um, what people had to say on the game yesterday. I mean, 100% charm. We, we can't depend on Lyle to get us uh, goals two games he has missed and we've struggled to score a goal. The midfield and the defence need to start to chip in with goals or we will struggle to secure our playoff place. Reeves, Williams, Fosu all need to step up ASAP. I mean, you were looking at the stat that CFC Facts and Stats tweeted yesterday, Nathan. Mm. You were, yeah, how many, how, what percentage of our goals are out yesterday, do you think? It was like 65 yeah, or something. Yeah, so like obviously that. Taylor and Grant are our two top goal scorers and then mm. Joe Rebo is second, uh, third even with fifth. Uh, and then no one else has got more than two. Mm. And you're looking at a midfield that you'd think the likes of Reeves and Fosu, you'd expect a lot more from him. Williams, you know, he needs to start adding goals to his game as well. You know, we, we desperately, especially now in the situation that we're in, we're desperately going to need more goals in that midfield. Yeah, exactly. I think we, any team, you're always going to have a focal point. You know, you've got Spurs that have Kane. But the difference is, is that if we had, if our midfield was full of defensive-minded players, then I could understand saying that, you know, oh, we're not getting enough goals. But we know every single one of those midfielders, to an extent, Billick, maybe on set pieces, but the other three are more than capable, capable of scoring five plus you'd think wouldn't you I mean in terms of technical ability um, so yeah it's it's true that we do need to get more goals from midfield because mm. yeah Taylor's our best player 100% but there's going to be some times where you might have an off day like everyone did yesterday you know they're not robots they have off days and that's where someone else has got to go I'll tell you what there's one in the onion bag if Taylor ain't doing it do you know and and that's what was really telling yesterday is because you, I couldn't envisage someone coming up. I, no disrespect to Cullen this time. I couldn't see him <laughs> edging a box and just banging it in top corner. You know, yeah. it's, I think it, you've disrespected every single one of our yeah, teams so far. Quiet, as, long as, no, as long as you say no disrespect before that, you can say what you want. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but look, I ain't going to get any many Christmas cards. You know, everyone's going to hate me now, apart from Nabs. Obviously, uh, never get my Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> Shove Nabby up top. Yeah, before, like. yeah. Bert Palmer on the Charlton Live forum said we've got to play Fosu now as he's vital as to whether we finish the season strong or not. Now that's an interesting point because I think I was I was getting tweets during the game yesterday, people saying asking where is Fosu why didn't he come on earlier why didn't he start but I mean you can see his performances this season I mean I know there's only one way to play yourself back into form and that is by playing games of football but he's had chances this season to do that and he hasn't really hit the heights that we know he can no not at all I mean he's I know he's had injury problems at the start of the season but he's looked nowhere near the player he was last season and whether whether that's expectation that's landed on his shoulders this year after his impressive spell last year I don't know. I mean, I think last season he was sort of looked at as a backup for, for Marshy. So when he was performing, there wasn't a huge amount of pressure on him to perform because there was no expectation there. But this season, I think we, we would be looking at him, you know, away from away from Taylor and obviously now away from, from Carlin, that Foster would be the one that you'd be looking at down the line to get the goals. And I think this he's just looks completely off it this year. I think we've we've mentioned, you know, week after week on the show about his decision making and not releasing the ball and taking too many touches and he, I don't know what it is with him. I mean, he has he had that great um, a great half of a game at Walsall at home. It wasn't Walsall. Yeah, Walsall away, it? wasn't it? He Walsall away, well, he played yeah. really well. And then there was a game here where he scored scored a really good goal. It was that Gillingham, Gillingham I think, yeah, yeah, the Gillingham game. Uh, but apart from that, I couldn't I couldn't tell you anything that Foster's really contributed to the side this season. Yeah, through ball. Did he play the through ball for Reeves' goal in that game as well, I think, against Sillingham? So he has, he has so, had a yeah. couple of good games, but he just hasn't been as consistent. I mean, he had a couple of 
long long range efforts yesterday after he came on, but did, I think failed to hit the target. And uh, yeah, we, we certainly need more from him. Bert Palmer making that suggestion on the Charlton Life uh, forum. 100% Charlton again. Next two home games are must wins, and we can't afford to drop any points from them. Hopefully, uh, Josh Parker and Igor Vetekele are ready to step out, uh, step in for the South End game because it's not fair on Rico to have to leave the line with no experience. Whatsoever. I mean, obviously with Rico as well. I mean, it's bad enough being chucked in when when you are inexperienced. But to to have to do it on on your own up top as well. I mean, that really was a big ask for him, and and he looked isolated at times until until Parker did come on in that second half. Yeah, exactly. I think if if he had someone alongside, I think if he Rico had someone like a Taylor next to him, then he'd probably be able to feed off him, but. A player of that inexperience expected to hold the ball up, bring others into play, be the focal point. You know, hold the ball up so other people can get in and around him. It's a big mm. job. It's a big, big job. And when, and when your confidence is low, your first touch is the first thing that goes. And I think, <laughs> I think you could see that there, there was times in that in that first half where he hadn't seen the ball for a while, and someone mm. played it to feet just inside the Fleetwood Town half. I remember him taking a heavy touch and, and lost the possession. I think. That, that that's one of the things that, you know, because it was such a difficult situation for him. It's probably one of the things why we looked a little bit uh, blunt up front as well. Right, Footy League says, we haven't said goodbye to automatic promotion just yet. There'll be plenty of twists and turns to go before the end of the season. What I do know is that one shot on goal all game will not get us there. Successful Curbs uh, Charlton team scored from every position. And uh, 100% chance it does, thinks that two, the top two is still in reach. Um, but we can't afford any more performances like yesterday. Um, undisclosed VFC <laughs> uh, uh, responding to when uh, Lee Bayer said that something was missing yesterday. Um, he said it was Lyle uh, Taylor. Tim Ruffle says it almost like everyone from the players to the fans were peed off yesterday. I felt that maybe that showed in the performance as well. I mean, is that the feeling? You know, maybe that that feeling of it was a slightly disappointing end to the transfer window. Has has that gotten in amongst the squad? I'd I'd say so if I'm honest. I mean, you'd like you'd like to think that as professionals, it wouldn't. It's still but, one game, so maybe we are judging hmm. too early as well. But yeah, I just I just feel like you know it's the the lack of the reinvestment is putting pressure on the already short playing squad that we have. So you've got you know there are players in there that are going to have to really graft over the next couple of weeks, especially well, especially without Lyle Saturday and without Pat as well. They're going to have to really put a shift in. I think. We know we're in such a good position. It's such. It's just so frustrating that we haven't taken advantage of a market. You know, any any normal club would use the money from selling their star striker to invest it in something else to keep the momentum going and push for a top two, which is actually in reach this season. You know, we made the playoffs last season. The top two was never in reach, but this year it genuinely is in reach. And it's just very frustrating that you know something like that losing a player in Carlin. Not only do you lose fourteen goals, but it's it's just ridiculous. Like it's you you lose so much, and that's got to filter down through the playing squad. There's no doubt, and there's there's a concern in my head, especially now with with Rico, that if we're forcing this game time on him, you've only got to look back to Carlin Grant, Bob Peters days when he was in exactly the same position, and you think that the amount of time he went through without a real solid performance and the damage it did to him, blooding him so early, it's only you know this season he's actually come on and the tail end of last season at another club, so. You, it's it's a danger, bloody bloody and youngsters too early, and and mm. I, I wasn't there yesterday, so I couldn't comment. But judging by what everyone's saying about how Rico got on, it's it sounds like he's he's not ready. Yeah, obviously now with Patrick Bauer uh, sent off, I was asking as well how people would set up the defence for the next game. Oliver uh, Kempser saying uh, Solly Billick, Sart and Purrington, Dick Steele will take Billick 
uh, role in the DM. Anthony Penton saying similar. Billy Kansar at centre-back. But don't forget, Prattley's done a good job there before. And that's not a bad idea at all, actually, from Anthony. If we don't want to lose Billick in the midfield. Uh, Cappuccino saying uh, Solly, Billick, Nabby and Catboy. Ben the Cat Burrington. Uh, he also says, well done me for signing up for the Amsterdam ride. Yeah, and well done to those who uh, from, from Charlton who went into the Glades in Bromley yesterday to fundraise. Uh, for part of the ride, I think they got 750 quid, uh, which is not bad for a day's work. Uh, I haven't raised a single penny yet, actually. So if anyone wants to go on my Twitter page and, and raise some, some uh, donate some money, we've got the, the bike ride to Amsterdam coming up in the summer. I need to raise about 1,200 quid. I'm currently on exactly zero. <laughs> so we need to sort that out as soon as soon uh, as soon as possible. Um, Peter Barrett saying that the playoffs is the best that we can hope for. Um, we're going to be talking about signings as well coming up as well. So don't forget we're going to talk about that. Now, DJR saying, playing with a young striker who is not ready uh, but tried and bringing on a third-choice Gillingham striker plus no Taylor are the reasons we lost. There was no firepower. We were toothless. I worry for the rest of the season. The rat has done it again, but I hope Boya can work his magic. Uh, a few more uh, from the transfer window, which we're going to hear from uh, Josh Parker soon as well. So we're going to concentrate on the transfer window after we hear from uh, Josh Parker Ev uh, James very disappointed to see us underperform and show such a lack of uh, indecision yes we saw the sale of our main strike force uh, and the obvious frustration within the team was evident but get to grips and regain the passion and flowing football that you have don't give up because you see one player who is not a team but a member of the team leave the ranks grow a pair and do what you know you can to stop all this feeling sorry for yourself I hate the idiot owner along with us all but the lads need us more than ever now I still believe we will do it but you need to fight more than ever now show us a passion show should the team get out and show us no more heads down but chin up uh, and go for it I don't want to repeat of yesterday's performance yeah hopefully uh, that won't be the case and we won't see a repeat of that um Right, I think we should hear from Josh Parker soon. We've still got plenty of tweets and emails to come in, uh, but I want to get I want to get on to Josh Parker now because he had to, uh, he was pleased to sign for the club. Obviously, uh, he spoke to Tom Rubichaud the from the club the other day to say what it felt like to have signed for Charlton Athletic. A uh, bit surreal, um, but very humbling and very welcoming. It's nice. And obviously, you've come from come from Gillingham, but Charlton fans have seen a bit of you. But what can they expect to expect to see from you? Um, they can expect to see a winner, someone that likes to work hard. And coming to this team, you have to work hard because of how well the team's doing and aspirations. So for me, they can just expect me to um, help the team in any way I can, whatever that may be. And you mentioned the aspirations. Obviously, promotion is, is the goal here. What's it like for you to come and be a part of something like that? Um, it's motivating because I know the quality of player that's here Obviously, the manager's career speaks for itself. Um, so for me, it's just a, an opportunity to prove to myself and my family and those that have believed in my journey that um, I should be playing at this level with these kind of players. So it's it's a really good feeling. And obviously, the chance to play at the Valley. Do you have any memories from playing at the Valley at all? Um, obviously, last season playing here at Gillingham, but... The fans here and just the stadium, the whole atmosphere is something that I think when you're growing up and you want to be a fresh footballer, it's the kind of environment that you imagine. So, um, yeah, it's just perfect. And uh, in terms of the Charlton squad, do you know many of the players that are playing here? Got a chance to speak to them at all? Yeah, I know two or three of the players um, just through being in football. Um, I know Lyle plays for Montserrat, which is the island opposite mine, so there's a little bit... 
of international uh, competition there. But um, yeah, I know Joe, I know Piercy. So it makes it easy. It makes the transition from Gillingham to Charlton much easier because obviously the, the natural relationship that we already have is there. So it makes everything the settling in period much easier. And you mentioned the. the is it Antigua? Yeah. Um, Monster. Well, have you had the chance to play against Larwin? No, not yet, not yet. But the manager of the Monster Rats from Antigua, so. <laughs> um, but no, we haven't played against each other. But yeah, our islands are very, very close to each other. And if you did, who would win? I don't like to say, because he's going to come back and say Monster Rat regardless. But I'm always going to say Antigua. <laughs> Uh, you also uh, understand no chance head of recruitment, Steve Gannon, very well. Can you explain a little bit about how you know him? Yeah, so. Um, when I was just playing Sunday League, I went on trial to QPR and um, as an under-16 and Steve was the manager. So um, that's how long I've known him. It's been over 10 years. Um, and it's nice to know that he's always kept an eye out on my career. And it's nice to now be back kind of around him, but at an amazing club. Where just his role's changed though. <laughs> and what are your memories from him from back in the day? Strict, but... Funny as well, very, very funny man. Always got one-liners, always very jokey and uh, making people smile, but strict when necessary. And looking forward to working with him again? Yeah, can't wait. I can't wait to work with everyone here. Right, welcome back to Charlton Live. That was Josh Parker there uh, speaking. Uh, on signing for the club, obviously, before Saturday's game, uh, the reason we just had a slight brief bit of silence, I was trying to play a jingle and I screwed it up, so <laughs> uh, we're, we're back here instead. Um, obviously, excited to be here at the Valley. Uh, it's a big move for him. Um, he, he's played He's played at some interesting clubs. Uh, he play, he's played for Red Star Belgrade. Um, a difficult time there, though. I believe if you uh, there was a good interview with him in The Sun that, that people were retweeting the other day that's worth a read. He, he had quite a fascinating time there and a very difficult time. Um, but he you know, came back to, to English football. Uh, play, playing at Gillingham for the last three years. Now, I mean, when you're losing a player like Carlin Grant, who's scored 14 goals in half a season, uh, people are going to start looking at someone someone like Josh Parker, who's scored 16 goals in 79 appearances, plenty of which came from the bench, though. Um, I mean, people are automatically going to look at that as a striker, but also you've got to think about what else he's going to bring to the team. And you, you hope that, you know, he talks about a hard work and, and a, a work rate. And if you're playing up, up alongside Lyle Taylor, then you will get more chances to score than, than you would when you're playing for Gillingham. Oh yeah, hundred percent. But I think the the frustration is I've I've never seen him play. I've I'd never even heard of him before Thursday. So he scored against us a couple of uh, New Year's Day uh, last year Did for he? Gillingham. Yeah, here at the Valley. I'm, I'm sure he's played this year as well, but he didn't really do much. I don't think. No, I can't remember. No. Uh, <laughs> yeah, um, memorable, memorable. Yeah. So I mean, so I mean, what was your feelings then? So we spent the whole day trying to work out who was coming in, and Josh Parker sort of came completely out of the blue. Were you surprised? I was, yeah, because I, I, like I said earlier, I didn't, I didn't think he was even on the shortlist. Um, so when he came in and and it came up as a permanent, I sort of assumed that there'd be a, a loan to follow, and by all accounts, that seemed to be what was on the cards. Mm. Um, I think if a loan had come in as well, someone that I'd heard of, especially, I'd have been a bit more bit more upbeat about it I know Mo Issa was linked for a long time I think that maybe had sort of collapsed a little bit earlier on in the day so that was looking unlikely we've already touched base on Osjima not coming in mm. um, he's someone I'd have, I'd have loved to have at the club he's always caused nightmares when he's played against us but like, where would he fit in the side when we've got people that play in his position already uh, and then it's you know he's looking around for looking around for a striker in a similar mould to Carl and Grant I think 
They're not going to grow on trees, are they? Yeah, but I think Josh Parker's a bit of a Lyle Taylor. You know, he's I think he's more of a hold-up person than. Uh, and it'll just sort of be a, it's like having two well if we have two Lyle Taylors up front it'd be a laugh but two Lyle Taylor-esque players yeah um, so yeah I mean Aaron Notsuma would he have fitted into our team if we'd got him though he's a good player <sighs> yeah very good player I think he would definitely have improved the squad um, which goes on to what Bo's always said but would he fit in um I'm pretty sure Bo's would try and shoe fit shoe on him in but I'm trying to think of how you'd fit him Reeves and Johnny Williams into a diamond formation um, because our, our toy is he's smaller than Solly, isn't he? He's five foot four or something five like four, that. Yeah. yeah. So um, listen, yeah, it would have been a great signing, but where it would be interesting where he would fit in, but it didn't happen. But yeah, Ostomer would have been a good, good little addition. Very tricky. Um, scored, scored a header against us, didn't he? Um, couple was it last season? I yeah, think it was yeah. just before half time. Mm. Um, so yeah, it would it would have been good, but like you say, it's, it's difficult because everyone's disappointed of Grant going because of a situation we that we what saw something that could have happened. Um, but at the same time, you're not going to get someone like for like who's going to score that amount of goals for free or on loan. It's impossible. You're never, you're never going to... Someone's, going to, someone's not going to let, lend you their top goal scorer just because they exactly. feel sorry for us. But um, we, we, that's what we've got to deal with and that's what happens when you play well. And unfortunately, it's another one that comes off the Charlton conveyor belt and we've just got to hope Josh Parker can, you know, even if he gets seven, eight goals, to just get some get, get some goals so he's a pressure of Lyle. Yeah, he had a trial here actually. Um, mm. Uh, in the summer when Russell Slade was manager and he did score in a 23s game but he didn't uh, it didn't end up getting signed by us I think that's when he must have been when he went to Gillingham right um, um, I, I, we're going to go for all the tweets because we, we, we've got mainly about the, the transfer window that was always likely to be what tonight's show was going to be about um, so I, I asked what people made of our uh, our transfer window so just uh, just for clarification uh, we had Carlin Grant Nikia Jose Jed Steer Jamie Ward and Billy Clark uh, go or return to their um, loan, their, their parent clubs, or go on loan, of course, in Nikia Jose's uh, situation. Or and coming in, we have Chris Maxwell, the goalkeeper, uh, Johnny Williams, Ben Purrington, the cat, and Josh Parker, of course, on the final day. And as we were saying, uh, linked with Mo Issa, that's apparently fell through quite early on, on transfer deadline day. Uh, Aaron Otzuma was mentioned. Carl Vassell was a name I heard as well, um, a striker who's at Rotherham at the moment. But none, none of those happened. It's just Josh Parker coming in. So I asked what people thought of it. Master of none said we had uh, four coming in and five going out that's only 80% when we wanted 100% Paul Holmes said it showed a lack of ambition um, from uh, I mean that I mean we haven't even touched it but Ronald Chatelet still the owner so we, it's, it's always unlikely Ooh. that we were going to go and see that um, that money reinvested that came in for Carlin I mean there, there, there would be other League One clubs that would do the same they'd sell a player and not be able to reinvest but for a club of our size in this division you, you would have hoped that he would have seen sense to try and Give Bayer a little bit of money to go out and improve the team and, and fire us further towards the top two, rather than, in some in some people's opinion, slightly weakening the squad. Well, you make the club more. You put the club in the shop window a lot more if we're in the championship. You know, it's it's in his best interest to to invest and get the club out of the third division, surely. But um, I mean, why? I, the thing is, I don't even know why I'm surprised because it, it happens season after season, doesn't it? January is like the worst month to be a Charlton fan because we always know that if we we start strong. Best players get get you know linked with other people. Some go, some stay, and we always end up weaker, you know, throughout. I mean, start of January, I was quite optimistic. I thought Johnny Williams, fantastic signing. Chris Maxwell, 
great goalkeeper in the championship. Obviously, back up to Dills at the moment, but at least he's he's putting the pressure on Dylan, and Dylan's performing. Uh, and Ben Perrington's filled the position at left back that we've needed replaced for a very long time. And then you're looking at that, and we've got quite a bit of depth now. You see the the bench starting to have a few more senior players on it than it has for the rest of the season. And then you get to the end of it, and I know Nicky Jose is not—he's not really made any headlines in the time he's been here, but he is a senior striker. And now we find ourselves without a, a, a senior striker. Really, Rico, I wouldn't consider as a full-time senior striker at the moment. Igor vetticelli has been out for months, and this Josh Parker's in the squad a day. So you've—you know—I think we've the timing of things is all a bit of a nightmare. And obviously, we let Billy Clark go as well on deadline day. Mm. I know that that was you know, maybe for his own good, for his own career after a difficult injury. But I think he's a player that could have a lot more impact than what we've got at the moment. Uh, we'll see. Right. Um, Simon Lambert said, poor performance yesterday, rubbish transfer window, no investment or ambition from Roland Rat. But I didn't expect anything else. I'm just gutted. Boya keeps pretending he's happy and Roland is a great club owner. Just tell the truth. Boya has done miracles on a string though. Big up. Lee Bowyer. David Nichols, the window started well, which is the same as what you were saying, Lewis, looked promising and then reverted to type, deflating ending as Roland cut wage costs, made some money back and failed to back Bowyer. Uh, top two hopes faded, um, but the injuries have eased, so we must stay positive. Come on, you Reds. Richard Justin, I noticed Jay Simpson is training with Orient, but looking for a league club. Worth a punt, Nath, Jay Simpson? Jay Simpson, the old Arsenal one. Um, a journeyman, isn't he? <laughs> Uh, listen I mean it it could probably do a job but will he vastly improve our team probably not I think once Lyle's fit is he going to is he going to play is he going to play ahead of him and Parker probably not so I mean I wouldn't just it's a good shout but for for us I think we're we should be getting better sort of calibre players in um but who knows? And if we've signed Keith Gillespie before, so nothing would surprise <laughs> me with us. London, to be honest, <laughs> London and the geezer, I don't get why people are moaning about the transfer window business. We got in Purrington, Parker, and Williams. Lost Grant, who wanted out, and a Jose. I'd have expected under Du Chatelet. Uh, more out, to be honest. Why on earth people would think he'd invest the grant money is beyond me. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone ever thought he would, yeah, but I, I, I can see why people are moaning that he didn't, though, because, I mean, this this is the best position. If you forget what league we're in, because obviously we're a league lower than we have been for a lot of uh, De Chatelet's tenure, it, this is the best position we've been in in terms of a league season we're fourth going into the end of the transfer window we're now fifth of course um so people always thought well why doesn't he just gamble and just try and get us up into that better league i mean surely it would be better for his sale of the club if we're as you said lewis more in the shop window or uh, nearer to the premier league at at least but yeah um yeah in terms of expecting it as you say london in the geezer i don't think anyone really expected it but you know everyone's going to moan about it still because we want the best for the club and it doesn't seem to be what's happening right andrew wheaton says we're now less likely uh, to go up we haven't replaced the players who left with goals we are fred bear up top having to play a kid up top yesterday said it all jc cfc said he's already planning his trip uh, to ipswich away next season and obviously I think that's because they're coming down Rob <laughs> we're going up uh, uh, judging by the tone of the tweet uh, Tom Bramley said we're less likely to go out three forwards out one being our top scorer and one average journeyman forward in you can see we're struggling to score with one in our last three matches the last few games have really showed how reliant we are on Lyle the sooner his back the better uh, it's, it's, it, obviously when Taylor does come back he's only two bookings away from a two game mm. ban <laughs> 
as well, which is uh, could be another f- a further two games that we'll be missing him for again, which we could uh, we could do without. Cliff Scale says Lyle was always going to be a big miss, but we can't keep relying on him. Uh, we have oh, I already read that out, didn't I? <laughs> we have some of the best midfielders in this league, and they should start chipping in with goals, as he uh, as he said earlier. Right, Mark Anderson's pointing out that a couple of weeks ago uh, he sent over a photo, and we had to we we, we had to pass it to Terry because we weren't sure who it was. It's slightly before our time, but uh, Terry guessed it was Dave Shipley, but it looks like it was actually Steve Thompson. So yeah, Terry Terry got some Charlton trivia wrong there, which is unfortunate. Cliff uh, Cliff saying I think the same. Uh, the same in terms of our promotion chances, although we were hoping for the top two, realistically, we were always going to be in the playoffs and we still will, which hopefully we will be. Connor Thompson answering the same question said our chances are still the same. I think once Parker is settled in with the assistance of Cullen, Williams and Taylor, he will be banging in the goals. I mean, that is the thing. Like You come from a Gillingham team that you know, aren't as good as Cholton, if we're being honest. Mm. You know, and, and there are plenty of creative players. And in, in terms of a striker, you often say, you know, it's the service as well that, that makes him a good player. And if we can keep creating chances for him and he can get a couple in his first five games so, or so, that might just give him the confidence to go on and have a good second half of the season. Yeah, it could do. Um, I mean, he's he's got, what I think his goal-scoring ratio is like one in every six games. But... If we look at that, we, I don't think Jan Kermgen had a good scoring ratio either. So, but yeah, he's, I think it's because we, we, he wasn't some, someone who we were expecting. He's probably not as good as Grant. I think we're being a bit too down. But yeah, like you say, if he gets an early, if he scores, let's say he gets an early goal against Southend on Saturday, that whole that he could change, you know. And playing with better players and as a striker, if you look behind you and you've got Reeves and Cullen and Johnny Williams behind you. And you're struggling to fashion chances, then you've got something wrong with you, haven't you? Because they will they will pull it on a plate for you. And even when Taylor comes back, the amount of assists that Lyle's got this year, so he will get chances. And yeah, he's going to be playing with better players um, than than Gillingham. And uh, let's hope he can get get the ball rolling. But I think we, he needs an early goal. That's what I think he needs. And then mm. it should in theory, give him loads of confidence. David Letchford says that our chances of promotion are simply less. Lucky that we have uh, not. Uh, replace the players that have gone with better quality apart from Williams I believe we are a much weaker team we have become a man on man team I think uh, yeah and uh, it's showing that we can't do well with Taylor out uh, Vital Charlton a totally heartless performance yesterday there was no attacking threat we looked weak from the start and I could not see us scoring the entire game we were lucky only to concede one game right Mark Anderson here's a question can the doubters uh, at all uh, give it at least five minutes after a defeat before they start stirring we're having a blast I mean everyone gets frustrated after a defeat and some people get frustrated to see other people's frustration that's I always always try and stay off social media after a game but I think people are well within their rights to ask questions after the January transfer window mark after you know we, we, we enjoyed the first half of the season and, and, if, and if we haven't time will tell but if we haven't replaced a big part of our team with enough then it will have been such a big waste of the first half of the season and I don't think, I don't think many people were surprised by that performance yesterday considering the constraints on the squad so you know uh, my advice to Mark is if you find it annoying reading what people say after a game do what Nathan does and do not look at Twitter for a few days yeah no that's what I done yesterday because I knew I knew exactly what it was going to happen yesterday <laughs> I knew cause even if we lose a game it happens but 
I knew everyone was going to blow yeah. it out of proportion. I thought, well, I'll swerve this one. Yeah. And no, it I'm... works. It works because you don't get involved in it. Yeah, no, I'm the same. On the train home yesterday, after typing up the Igor Vettikali interview that you'll see in the in the press tomorrow, <laughs> um, I was just watching uh, videos. On, I was just watching videos on on YouTube and stuff. So I, I don't need to talk about Charlton. Don't even think about Charlton. Uh, <laughs> I was just, just concentrating on my own little life there. Don't think about football. I've always said, don't think about football, then you can't worry about football. Uh, right, David Nichols says, we're less likely to go up. Our rivals have strengthened whilst we're weakened ourselves up front. I hope Parker proves me wrong, mind, and that Igor is reborn as the player he was on arrival. So Igor got his spell yesterday. I mean, it's been four years probably since he's really been in the, the sort of form that we need from a striker. Yeah, he's... Um... He's somebody, he seems to be sort of made of glass as well, doesn't he? He gets injured quite a lot. And uh, I don't know, he's, he, because he can't get a decent run in the team for his injuries, he, he can't really, doesn't really get the opportunity to rediscover that form that he had when he first came in. But I I don't know, I'd love it. If, I mean, obviously we all would if he managed to, to rediscover his, his early form when he first came here. But, you know, I just can't see it, unfortunately. I just, I just can't see mm. Igor ever getting back to the way he was. He got a, he got a few goals out for St. Um like, was it last season he was out there and uh, which wasn't awful his record there but obviously it's a different level of football I guess you'd argue um, what, what did he get he got 12 uh, is that right no sorry he got 7 goals last season for St. so he, he does still know where the, the back of the net is we just need to see him finding it a bit more often. Bob Liscombe said this on Thursday as well when he got a good reception said, Darren Bent, anyone? Oh, <laughs> uh, obviously still sitting around, just uh, retired, I think, at the moment. But apparently he said on uh, Sky Sports News that his phone was in his pocket if anyone uh, wanted to try and sign him. Charlton Exile gutted. Uh, I'm trying to be optimistic, but it's hard. Uh, but the guys on our pitch, on the pitch, need our support. So at least... Uh, do our part and I'm sure the supporters will still do uh, their, their part as, as much as they can right Simon Lambert says we're less likely to go up uh, splitting up our best striking partnership for years is promotion suicide not giving Bose the tools he needs to do his job in the transfer window is typical of where we are as a club under Roland Duchatelet. right John Skinner says whilst rivals are strengthening we sold our top scorer our squad is overall weaker after the window for the third January window in a row a key player is sold and not replaced nothing will change until Roland sells sadly that won't be any time soon Sebo uh, says even with double socks yesterday I could barely feel my toes and when they scored and played Captain Pugwash uh, then tapped my feet to dance to, <laughs> to its fast beat to warm up my toes and feet because I would have looked a complete and total Muppet <laughs> well yeah I guess if you had started dancing on when we just conceded maybe but especially if you did the worm to it yeah <laughs> yeah. if you start doing a worm when we, when we conceded goal Sebo then everyone will start to question if you're real Charlton and if if, if it gets to that level, then then the club's just dead. <laughs> right, uh, Bob Liscombe, any takeover news? He said he's bored with transfer talk. Um, well, Richard, we had Richard Corley on the phone on uh, on Thursday, and he he said there was nothing that he knew of that was any close. Uh, Spenny saying no Taylor, no BFG, then we've got no hope. I hope that won't be the uh, uh, the case, but yeah, we will have to do without both of those against Southend next Saturday. Bob Liscombe. Uh, we have too many similar midfield players. No good old-fashioned wingers, just fullbacks. we can ask to bomb forward. We need a Callum Harriet, a Sean Newton-type uh, player to put balls in uh, the box to players like Rico Hackett-Fairchild. It's funny, actually, um, Mark Marshall yesterday, I mean, he, he had that good time, that good spell, didn't he, just before Christmas. We haven't really seen much of him since then, but there, now something weird happened with Marshall yesterday. I'm still not entirely sure what it was because I didn't see it at all, even though... 
judging by what I've read, it must have happened about 30 yards to my left. But apparently um, he got into a bit of an altercation or an argument with someone in the crowd. So I don't know if anyone could uh, tweet us or email us to enlighten us on what happened now. I'm not, I don't even know if he was in the Charlton end or the home end. So, but if anyone saw it who was there at the game, you'd say, let us know because uh, interesting. Uh, someone did mention it after the game to me, but where they were sat as well, neither of us could work out where it happened or, or, or who it was involved with as well. Right, Sebo again. It wasn't the most entertaining game yesterday, but it looks... Uh, like uh, Bo, you had fallen asleep in that in that picture. Yeah, if you tweet, there's a funny uh, photo that Carl took yesterday where Bo is cause, again because it's so bright, it's just shutting his eyes to try and not go blind. Uh, but there we go. Right, London Geezer said he was loving the Parker interview already. Uh, top scorer going by that interview. Oh, sorry, sorry, top geezer going by that interview. He wants to be here. Carl and Grant didn't. Yeah, Carl actually gone, didn't he yesterday for a uh, mm-hmm. for Ch- for uh, Huddersfield away at Chelsea made a. Uh, Made about 20 minutes, I think, but they lost 5-0, so probably not the easiest game to go into. Uh, Matt Broad saying that he he, uh, he agreed with Connor that the, the players in the midfield helped to make Carlin look good. So we do hope that was the case, and they can do the same for Josh Parker as well as he settles into his Charlton career. Right, we'll have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Uh, when we come back, we've still got loads of messages on the emails about um, the, the transfer window dealings at the club uh, in January. She loves Williams exchange passes. Williams drifts past his man, born in the box. It's an awkward one. Taylor controls. Taylor trying to pass it back to Prattley. Prattley! What a strike from the Charlton midfielder on the edge of the box. Touchdown by Lyle Taylor. And Darren Prattley unleashes a hell of a strike. Pass Arnold down to his left. Could do nothing about that one. Welcome back, it's Charlton Live here on your Sunday evening, coming to you live from the Valley. 15 minutes left of this evening's show, looking back at yesterday's 1-0 defeat at Fleetwood Town and of course discussing our January transfer window business because uh, plenty of people have wanted to have their say uh, on that and we're, we're doing that here in the studio. It's Louis Mendes, Nathan Muller and Lewis Catt. Uh, taking you through to half past eight here on Maritime Radio. Now, we've got a few emails. The first one came in from Richard Church. He says, morale is obviously very low. Supporters and players alike. Boya has been great so far, and now it's time for him to lift everyone. I hope he's up to the job, and I hope he has someone to support him in this, because it can be lonely at the top. And now, of course, like we are still sort of reeling, uh, in some cases, from the, uh, the January transfer window. But it is important what happens... Now, because, I mean, it's, it's done. As Bowie would say himself, it is what it is. He knows what he's got to work with now for the rest of the season. And he has done it last season. He came in and took over a team that was very low on morale and not doing very well, and he got him into the playoffs. So, you know, once we've had this little wobble and this little couple of days of everyone walking around with their hands in their pockets and their head staring at the floor, you know, we do have to pick up and try and go for the rest of the season. It's up to Bowes and Jacko and Steve Gallen now around the training ground to sort that out. Exactly, but I think if there's anyone that can motivate them, it's it's Lee Bowyer. You know, he's he's been he's been fantastic, hasn't he, since he's taken over? And like, as you said on last season, managed to get us into the top six, and I don't think any of us thought that was possible at this point last year. So, yeah, I I trust him, and I trust Steve Gallon, and I, and I trust Johnny Jackson. So, yeah, bad result yesterday, but let's, I don't want to dwell on it too much and just see how we get on next week. I mean, it'll, it'll all change next week if we beat Southend, won't it? So that's mm. you know the mood will completely swing. Yeah. Right, London Inigiza says uh, that he's uh, London Inigiza Junior 
was there yesterday. He said that a Charlton fan it was that sh- shouted something at Marsh Marshall at Mark Marshall, uh, and uh, Marshall answered back, and the fan got thrown out. So there you go. It'd be interesting to see. Not 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 nice to see a, a fan, um, yeah, getting involved like that. But uh, hopefully it was nothing too serious. Uh, yeah, an unusual situation anyway. Right, Mark Newbury, evening folks. Uh, uh, my sympathies for having to try and polish that turd. That was our, our performance yesterday. <laughs> Uh, if, uh, if anyone could do it, though, Nathan, are you asleep there? <laughs> uh, just, just, well, I was just thinking about the Marshall thing. I was wondering what it'd be. But, yeah. Yeah. You look like <laughs> Lee Bowyer in that picture, right? Um, uh, not surprised that we failed to improve the squad on transfer day. Not with this owner. I feel sorry for Bowyer doing his best with his hands tied in Belgium. We have such a great option in midfield, but the lack of strikers is a worry, especially if Lyle gets crocked. I don't know enough about our new guy, but the fact he warmed the bench means he probably wasn't even second, third or fourth choice. It's the equivalent of going out on Christmas Eve and panic buying a gift, and it's a linked gift set of a player. <laughs> uh, have to settle for playoffs, and I hope it's <laughs> kind to us this time. Right, Paul Edwards uh, emails in. An uh, uh, excellent photographer who does stuff for the, uh, the South London Press. Uh, I, I watched... I assume it's the same one. <laughs> Smile like you mean it. Yeah, it might just yeah. be a different Paul Edwards. That'd be funny. <laughs> <laughs> you assume it's the same one. Yeah. He's had the entire yeah. pictures, mate. He's like, oh, me? <laughs> <laughs> I've watched Taylor play for AFC because it's not the most uncommon name is it really it could be John anyone. Smith or yeah, something yeah. Oh, yeah, John Smith good old John yeah. Smith yeah. I'm going I'm to give everyone now a job for them to say yeah coming up after Paul we're going to hear from Phil who's a carpenter and, uh, and James Madison who I understand is a professional boxer <laughs> wine taster yeah well, does, actually James Madison played for Leicester earlier on this afternoon he's probably the same guy is that, yeah right Paul, Taylor, uh, Paul Edwards the uh, not, uh, Paul Edwards the potential photographer I, I just watched Taylor play for AFC yeah it is him yeah. I should have read the first line I should have read the first line because he also takes photos down at Wimbledon I watched Taylor play for AFC Wimbledon for three years before joining Charlton and it's no coincidence unless there's another photographer another one. called Paul Edwards who also I mean that would be a like massive yeah, that yeah. Ma- massive coincidence if it is well, I'm glad we got to the bottom of that Hope you're well, Paul. Good to see you. Anyway, uh, I watched Taylor play for Wimbledon for three years before joining Charlton. It's no coincidence that the Dons are now struggling without him. I'm not saying we're a one-man team, uh, but Taylor is integral to our success. I believe overall the transfers are positive. A solid left-back in Ben Purrington. A great midfielder in Johnny Williams and another attacking option in Parker. Losing Grant wasn't great as he had formed a good partnership with Taylor, but Taylor always brings out the best from his strike partner, hence why Tom Elliott ended up going to a championship side joining Millwall. Uh, that's that's a downgrade in my opinion. Uh, got something, uh, Get something from the South End game and then watch with Igor, Parker or Rico Hackett-Fairchild start knocking the goals in next to Taylor. It's too late. For an automatic spot now, though, but no reason we couldn't be favourites in the playoffs. Great show as usual. That's from Paul Edwards, the photographer. Cheers for that, Paul. Um, yeah, I mean, that's what that's what we're hoping now, is that Taylor will wrestle the best out because he, he will bring other players. He's hold-up players so good, Lyle Taylor. Mm. He does create chances. He does allow the midfield to get in and around the area as well, and he will help to create more chances for whoever it is who starts. I'll talk with him, assuming it's probably going to be Josh Parker. Yeah, I think so. He does. Um, his all-round game is good. He's he's an all-round forward. He scores goals. He brings others into play. Um, and even to, even like Igor Luton away, I think it is. I thought them two look quite good. I thought they held up the ball well. But um, when you've got someone low in your team, he, he's so good in what he does, and he's so clever. Um, he will bring chances to others, like you say. And the quicker he gets back, the better. And um, 
so you don't miss them as much, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right, well, I had a DM, actually, from the, the German addicts uh, during the week, and I, I said I'd read it out on tonight's show. You said, uh, Hi, Louis, I honestly can't understand why everyone is complaining about Boya's transfers. We might have signed another Jose, but Boya made an Jose look uh, good, for example, against Portsmouth. Boya had no other choice because of the limited money and he needed to improvise. Many fans said the transfer window was uh, poor, uh, but we signed Johnny Williams and it's the best transfer we have made in the last few years. We can gain promotion when we work as a unit. We somehow won with uh, over 10 players injured, so nothing's impossible uh, with Boya. Boya needs backing, not complaints. He is the right manager for us. Come on, you Reds. Greetings uh, from Germany. So great to hear someone from uh, the, the guys from Germany get involved. Thanks for your message uh, as well. Um, right, we had a DM from Phil as well, which I'm going to Hop on to now. Uh, hi, guys. Uh, Phil the Carpenter. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. where's where he? Yeah. The German addict actually works in a in a bar Bra- just serving pints. He wears all the lederhosen. I thought you were going to say he was like a breakfast yeah. maker or something. <laughs> uh, Sausage maker. <laughs> hi, guys. Uh, Phil says, an utterly predictable result today. Transfer deadline day was a disaster. Whilst I wish Josh Parker well, and I hope he proves me wrong, a third-choice striker from Gillingham says all we need to know about how much Du Châtelet cares about our football club. It's embarrassing. I hear the cries of support the team, not the regime. However, I don't want to do either right now. We're a laughing stock with no direction and a delusional owner. And that's from uh, Phil there. Um, yeah, I mean... I can understand why Josh Parker's arrival didn't exactly set the juices flowing for a lot of people. Um, you know, mm. he, he wasn't playing a great amount at Gillingham, but, and also, you know, his goal record's not the best. So I understand it fully. And if I'm being totally honest, that was how I felt as well. I was hoping we, I was hoping he was going to be back up to someone else coming in, but he's here now. And Steve Gallen has always had a decent eye for a player. So he must know there's something about this lad having worked with him 10 years ago. Well, exactly. I mean, he, You've only got to take on who who Gallon's brought in so far, and you know we've been happy with every single one of the signings this year, really. And I'd like to, you know, obviously we we want to get behind him, and I want him to do well because it's in our interest that he does. But I think it's just that more, you know, more the feeling of frustration and, and being underwhelmed with how the transfer window panned yeah. out. You know, he could turn out to be great. You know, we we've had it before with Jan Kermigan when he came in, we didn't know who he was really. Leicester fans were slating him left, right and centre for the penalty that he missed in their playoffs and he came to us and he turned into a cult hero. And I'm not saying that Parker will have the same impact, but there's no reason to say that he won't if he if he turns out to, to be a half decent player. Uh you know, he's proven Lyle Lyle has got the best out of Carl and Grant previously and um it was good before what um what Phil said about AFC Wimbledon and, and Tom Elliott you know him performing under Lyle as well so he's obviously got a knack for getting the best out of people and if that works for us with with Josh Parker then great excellent stuff now this uh, is from James Madison the Leicester City footballer um he uh, he has uh, released a rallying cry to the Cholton Athletic FC Brotherhood uh, he sent this on Friday morning he said it's 6am after another disappointing deadline day under the villainous Roland I find myself bleary-eyed after another sleepless night contemplating the plight of my beloved football club. It's clear to me, as it should be to all Charlton fans, that the man at the helm of our precious football club 
is on a vindictive rampage of destruction, trying to rape and pillage our club of all assets, success and pride before he casts us aside like the bones of an animal that has been stripped bare of any goodness. This man doesn't care if he loses money because of our club. His main goal now is to destroy the thing we love whilst in, uh, earning what he can from the club in revenge for public embarrassment our fans have caused him over his tenure. So it would appear that we, my friends, are in another fight for survival, something that's been a constant throughout the history of our great club. I would urge all Charlton fans to stand up and again join this fight for our great club. It isn't easy because our support could in turn give the thing that would destroy us more uh, of that which he covets money. But the most important thing is the survival of this club and with the position the man has placed us in, we need to do all we can to help our boys secure promotion to safeguard any chance of a future and indeed a team next season with a flood of players due to leave. So I urge all that feel able to support the boys uh, to go to all games possible, make the valley and every away end a fortress that our brave boys can feed off when the going gets tough. If you are boycotting the valley, an action I respect, you can still go to away games, you can still go to Belgium and make Roland's life a misery in an attempt to make him lower his unrealistic asking price and you can still use all the social media outlets to encourage our, our brave boys led by the fearless leaders Boyer, Jackson and Gallon with positive support and encouragement. We're all joined by our love of this unique football club. We're all in this fight together. People always tell me about the great football clubs and the great ethos that define them. Barcelona, Bayern Munich, Manchester United. We have a tradition and a history that rivals, if not exceeds any of them. None of them formed a political party to get their team home after seven years of exile. None of them had a string of owners that tried to bleed them dry throughout their history and still became the most successful club uh, with the most top flight years and the most major honours in their corner of their city. Our, our beautiful club is special and we the fans of the club are what make it so. This club was built on people becoming greater than the sum of their parts by pulling together and fighting for one another. I ask all fans to stand up and do that again. So let's fill those grounds and sing like we have never sung before loud and proud. Let's get over to Belgium and make the architect of our attempted doom realise that he has messed with the wrong club. He needs to go, and let's end any negativity on social media aimed at each other, the players and the staff, and push our brave boys over the line to promotion with positive fire that this club was forged in. Together, we can create another special miracle in the pages of history of this football club. And that's Up the Addicts from James Maddy Mads Madison. And that was uh, some strong words there from, from Mads, uh, urging everyone to try and stick together. Because I know we've had people sort of saying, um, you know, mo moaning at other fans. And that's never never been the right thing to do, really. And, and uh, Mads there saying to always try and aim your fury at, at the right people. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're, you know, we're all Charlton fans at the end of the day. And as frustrated as it gets, and, you know, opinions may be divided. I'm sure there'll be people that... That will be down at you know at the valley every other Saturday cheering the team on, and there'll be somebody that that can't bring themselves to come here because they they don't want to give the money over to to Chatelet. But people are entitled to how they want to support the club mm. and how and you know at the end of the day, as I said, we're all Charlton. We, we all want the same thing, and you know we're, we're not the people that are in the wrong. We we all know who that is. So. Yeah. Aim it at the other. Aim it at them. Another nigg is to saying that are Tom Wallin and Lewis Cat the same person? Their voices are uncannily similar over the <laughs> waves. Uh -huh. oh, I never noticed that before. To be fair, Tom's Welsh, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, who knows? Right, just a, a quick one as well from Chris Davin. He wanted to uh, point out that Lewis Smith, a Charlton fan, is uh, having his third pro boxing fight on the 9th of March. 
at the Brentford Leisure Centre the 9th of March. Um, Charlton fan Lewis Smith is uh, is boxing his third pro match. So if anyone wants to get over there and watch him, I know absolutely nothing about boxing. So, but if anyone does uh, enjoy boxing, get along and support a Charlton boy in Lewis Smith who's fighting for the third time. Right, we've actually uh, just about come to the end of tonight's show it's uh, in a way it's sort of flown by but it's uh, of course because you guys have sent us all your opinions on the game yesterday and and the uh, transfer window the difficult transfer window in some opinions uh, the, the okay transfer window in, in some other opinions that we've had uh, in January as well so thanks to all of you for getting involved and, and helping us through tonight's show on Charlton Live always more difficult after a defeat uh, but I'm glad that you guys are all here to talk about it with us right um, uh, Sebo saying well said to James Madison as well so well done well done Mads uh, right Lewis and uh, Nath, thanks for coming in. No worries, Love. And uh, thanks to all of you for listening to Charlton Live. We'll be back here on Thursday evening to look ahead to next Saturday's home game with uh, Southend United. So be back here at 7 o'clock or via the podcast uh, on Thursday, the big match preview. Look forward to it. I've been Louis Mendes. Thanks for listening to the entire show. And we shall see you back here on Thursday. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.